0: Let's begin. This episode is sponsored by Formatted Books. Formatted Books is a book design company for independent authors who want to see their written work come alive. Hello, listeners. On today's episode of the RV, we are on our way to Rochester, New York, to chat with Thomas Nystek. Thomas has been writing novels of fiction since 2003, and his writing often reflects old fashioned values, Christian Catholic themes, and inspiring messages of hope. So, Thomas, welcome to the RV.
1: Thank you, Lucia. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here with you.
0: Likewise, Thomas. I'm curious to know more about these adventure hats you <laughs> told me you have.
1: Right. So, well, it all started with um, a good friend of mine, um, Father Anthony. He's, he's a Catholic priest, and we've known each other for a while. And every year he goes back home to Ghana, um, specifically Kumasi, Ghana, which is in West Africa. And so it was 2018, I believe, Um he had asked me, he said, Tom, do you want to, you know, do you want to come with me, you know, back home? And I'm like, yes, it's a, it sounds like a great adventure to me. I definitely want to go with you. And so, you know, after, after, you know, acknowledging and and agreeing to going, and then thinking about it later, you know, you always have the, you know, kind of second thoughts. Oh, I got to go get all these shots. (laughs) What's it going to be like the plane and everything. And so I, I bought this adventure hat, um, Kind of like the Indiana Jones adventure hat, you know, as an exciting kind of, um, you know, keepsake that I would have to take with me to, to Africa. And, and also because I had melanoma cancer, it keeps the sun off my face, so it kind of served two purposes there. But it was really a great time. Um, Africa, especially the Ghanians, they're just awesome people. They're very uh, they're very friendly, very outgoing. Uh, and there's a lot of Christianity there in, in Ghana, so it was just a, it was just a great place to be. So yeah, I'll always treasure that trip.
0: You sent me a picture with a brother and a sister from Ghana. Right. Can you tell us something interesting that you saw there, or some story that you would like to share with us? Oh,
1: sure. Uh, let's see, one, one of the stories I think is they're so. Um, unlike us in that we tend to have everything at our fingertips, um, the infrastructure that the United States has in Europe has it's been around for a long time. And we had the ability to kind of grow that infrastructure slowly over a period of time where it seems like Africa when they started building their infrastructure, they needed it all at once. And it almost looks like um, they never finished it, they, they never got to finish building their whole infrastructure so. Things like electricity and water and the internet, it's like sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not there. <laughs> but, but everyone there they just they're so calm and so patient, and they just take everything in stride, and they just have a great kind of uh, peacefulness and, and togetherness, and they're very're um, very proud people. They're proud, not a, not a sinister or a egotistical kind of pride but more just they're proud of their heritage, they're proud of where they come from. And I think that's kind of one of the things that we've lost in America is we tend to be so negative and uh, just criticize everything on how it should be. And instead of just being proud from where we come come from, how far we've come and what else we can do to help you know, our fellow man.
0: Yeah, I I have a friend from Africa and the way she reacts to things like, are so different than our reactions sometimes. So right. peaceful, as you said, and it brings comfort. Sure. To, yeah, to yeah. our heart.
1: <laughs> it does. It reminds us, you know, that simple things in life are the best things in
0: life. Exactly. And Thomas, also, besides being a writer, you also enjoy playing piano on your spare time.
1: I do. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that good. But yeah, it's, it's a great kind of creative outlet for me um, to be able to compose. I can't read or write music. So I play by ear and kind of figure music out. Um, but I, I thoroughly enjoy doing that as, as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And I saw that actually you even published a novel about a piano player and composer. How difficult is to learn how to play piano?
1: Uh, Well, doing it the right way, I imagine it's very difficult. Um, I sort of learned things on my own. Um, Even I've been in technology for about 36 years, and I didn't really go to college. Um, I learned learned better on my own when I can kind of at my own pace, read about things. I'm very hands-on, so I like to take things apart and figure out how they all fit together and you know, I might have an extra box of parts, but <laughs> mm-hmm. eventually I, I figure things, how they work. And I mean, it's not for everyone. I mean, some people like the more formalized learning and going to college and and, and, and getting it all from the professors. It just, I never seemed to be able to sit still, mm-hmm. to sit in college and just kind of listen. And I needed to kind of go at my own pace. And so it worked out well for me.
0: Mm-hmm. And Thomas, can you tell or share with us a little bit about your journey?
1: Oh, sure. Um, so I came from a Catholic home. Um, I grew up in a Catholic family. I went through twelve years of of Catholic education. But during all that time it's it's like the thing where once once you have something, you grow up with something, you really just kind of take it for granted. And a lot of it just kind of maybe just goes in one ear and out the other. And so even though I had always had this Catholic Christian upbringing, it didn't really uh, take home until um, way later in life, really. And it really took an act of, um, I guess you could call it almost an act of God to get me to really take it seriously. And so that's where I think that pivotal change in my life happened was in 2008. And if you remember, 2008 was the year where the economy had had tanked, and and everything just kind of went south. And it was that year that, um, well, first I had lost my my job. I, I got laid off from research and development. Um, so after 20 years, I was all without a paycheck, which never happened to me before. Um, and then also during that that time, my brother had called me up and said he had uh, gotten cancer. Um, it was melanoma cancer. And so. And then also during that time, my sister who has, um, who had multiple sclerosis and suffered with that for about 25 years, um, she also kind of took a hit, um, for the worse and, and she was in the hospital as well. And so it was just all these things kind of hit me at once. And, and my wife, she had, um, she has autoimmune diseases and that year was the start of her first autoimmune disease that she had received. So I was just crushed, I, um, and then my my both my brother and my sister, they, they had passed away that year. Um, my sister passed away in September. And then a couple months later, uh, my brother passed away and followed her home. So that just, it just took everything out of me. And it was then that I decided, okay, I need to figure out my faith and really take it seriously. And you know, not just for myself, but also to kind of figure out, well, what happened to my brother and sister? Where did they go? You know, how did that all end up working out? Um, so I started really taking, um really interest in learning the deeper concepts of of my faith, the theology. I just read everything I could get my hands on. I was, I was reading the, um, a lot of the great, the saints and the modern-day theologists, uh, reading everything, watching a lot of YouTube videos. Uh, there's a lot of great information now that people are doing on YouTube. Um, so I just took in a lot of that. And I guess during that time, um, it started making more sense than when I was a kid, kind of with, with the nuns, you know, trying to drain all this information into your head. Uh, I don't think when you're young, you really pay attention too much, but now that as I was older and going through a lot of serious things, it just seemed to really click and say, "Oh, now I get that. That that makes sense. It makes perfect sense to me now." Uh-huh. <laughs> they kind of kept going along, you know, in that way. And that's one of the things I really like about the Catholic faith is that, I mean, it has a lot of problems, just like everything else has a lot of problems, because man tends to screw everything up when we get a hold of it. Um, but the actual doctrines. Are really sound, and none of it contradicts anything. Um, it, at least in my mind, it, it all just kind of fits um, that that's one of the things that I do for a living is I'm a systems architect. And so as a systems architect, you have to take in a lot of things into consideration, whether it's people or process or innovation and technology, you have to take in all these things and make sure they all fit and they all work together. And that they all have a, a place. And so that's how I found all the doctrines to be is they really, you know, from, from the Old Testament through the New Testament, it just all fits together very nicely. It's like there's a plan or something in all this.
0: <laughs> it's a sad story. And you had a cancer survival.
1: Right. Um, yeah, I uh, think it was back in 2017. Uh, I also had uh, a melanoma. And, um, I mean, I'm the last, my parents are still alive. So I'm the last child. And when they heard that, they're just like, Oh no, not again. Right. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, I was, I mean, I had, I was definitely, you know, scared and fearful, Um, you know, the same things might happen to me now, but, um, you know, after really praying and and, and taking and and listening to what God was telling me, I just heard Tom just, you know, Thomas be at peace, be at peace. This, this too will, you know, be solved and and so I, I was I went and I had uh, surgery and the, all the results came back well and I'm, I'm still here so I'm I'm blessed and grateful for that
0: yes you uh, I can imagine to have this kind like of diagnosis and I believe your faith helped you to be positive
1: Right, definitely, yeah, people always um people I hear people complain about God and say, "Well, why does God allow all this suffering in the world and And really, it's well, God created everything perfect, and then man keeps turning away. Man creates his own suffering, and because god God is so loving and merciful. He allows us to make our own decisions. Even if they're bad decisions, he still allows it. And that goes for, you know, whether it's nature or, or mankind or, or whatever. It, there are decisions and we have the choice and we have to live with, you know, the consequences of whatever choices we make. And sometimes they're not even our choices. Sometimes it was our parents' choices or their parents' choices. And we all kind of suffer the effects of those. But really, God's plan is that. He makes sure everything works out the best in the long run so that we're going to be with him at some time as long as we keep choosing choosing God.
0: I really like what you were saying, Thomas. And you wrote a series called Pannory City. And you told me that is the story of an atheist asking a lot of questions and getting serious answers that changed his entire life. Right. So can you tell us a little bit about these books?
1: Sure, that would be my pleasure. So the, the novel series is um, as you said, it's about an atheist doctor and the whole series takes place in in 2054 so it's taking place in the future the first volume um really takes us through our past humanity's past it takes us through all the things that humanity has done and also introduces us to the characters and their pasts and their presence is into how they're living you know what they're doing the situations that they're in and the reason why the trilogy is called Penary City is because there's three levels of penary means extreme poverty. And so each volume takes us through kind of a layer of, of extreme poverty. So the first volume is really our poverty and living without God. So, so the characters in the first volume, they're all living without God in a society without God. And if you think about where we are today. Um, at least in America, when America was first kind of coming up, we had God in our constitution. We had God in our declaration. We had God in our government. We had God everywhere. Um, and then slowly we started taking them and removing them out of things. We separated God, you know, from the government. Well, there has to be a separate church and state. And then we separated God out of our schools and out of our institutions and out of the public square. And they're out of, even out of the court, we used to swear You know, do you tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but truth, so help you God. We took that out. (laughs) So we keep removing God. And so the first volume is really, well, what happens to a society when you totally remove God from it? And that's the extreme poverty without God. And so our characters, we we see our characters in in that first novel living in that society, what that actually might look like. And then in the second um, volume, then we start seeing another level of extreme poverty. And that's when these characters start to empty themselves out of all their selfishness and um, you know their egotism, all the, the sinful qualities of their personality. They start to empty those things out of themselves as they walk through um, on their journey. And as they empty themselves out of these things, they start taking in god again and as they take in god they start to get to know god and they start to rely on god and trust god that god has a better plan for us and really god has a great adventure plan for each of us but most of us are too afraid to take it um, god's adventures are way more exciting than any adventure that we could think of for ourselves and and it says in scripture that you know when when Jesus had come, he did all these great miracles for people. And before he left, he told uh, his disciples, he said, you guys will do even better things than I had ever done. And he was going around raising people from the dead and carrying people of all their illnesses and doing all kinds of great things. So why aren't we also now doing these great things? It's because we've taken a different path. We've taken this kind of a path of humanity of, well, we'll just figure things out for ourselves. I'm going to do what I want. It's like, well, how has it worked out for us so far? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then lastly, the the third volume then talks about extreme poverty, but in a different way. And that when you do find yourself living in complete trust and reliance on God, all of our weaknesses now become our strengths because now God can take that he can do anything with it. So they'll yeah. Those are the kind of the three levels of, of extreme poverty, penury, in, in the three volumes.
0: Wow, that's beautiful, Thomas. I want to read your books.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Love to have you read my books.
0: Yes, for sure. I need just to have time because <laughs> <laughs> I have so many books to read. But I will definitely. Right. Do you have? characters based on the bible or
1: i do so there's, there's a lot of scripture in the books um, there's a term called illusion which is a style of writing that implies that there's some lack of knowledge um, that a person probably already knows so the illusion style is that because i assume that everyone. Has probably read or at least knows some of the stories of Scripture, you know, like the Genesis story and Noah's Ark, things like that. Um, that when they read through Pennery City, you'll be able to start to recognize that these characters are reflecting characters that are in the Bible. Um, so it's it's kind of like you're not only you reading this fictional story and this fictional account that fictional town actually represents a truth. And that truth is coming from a lot of the scripture.
0: That's what I thought. And Thomas, I have a quote from St. Augustine for you. Okay. Mm, of course. And he says, faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe do you agree with saint augustine
1: i love saint augustine um yeah he's i mean he he was one of the um i think i think he was a doctor of, of the church and because he had he came from a very sinful um kind of when he first started out and he had this great mother saint monica and his mother was very holy very religious and saint augustine um He just, he ignored his mother. He was doing all these bad, crazy things. uh, Just a, not a very great lifestyle, right? It's the kind of son that you just kind of shake your head and just, God help us, right? (laughs) Um, But she kept praying for him. She never gave up on him. And eventually he, he just, he exhausted himself of all the terrible things that he was doing. And then came to God and ended up being one of the great, Um, the great doctors of the church and one of the other things that he had said was um, our hearts our hearts are restless until they rest in God so no matter when we try to turn away from God we search for something else to replace it it's like once you take God out there's this enormous vacuum that we have and we can't leave it a vacuum because something's got to fill fill the gap um, so we, we look for things and we look for things that we think are going to make us happy. And that might last for a little while. We will get, Oh, I'm I'm happy now, but then that happiness runs out. And then we try to do more and then get something else to replace that. And eventually you just run out of things. And you just, usually people are just miserable. And that's when they, when you're at that bottom, that's when you can turn around and because God keeps chasing us. People think that, I have to go find God. It's like, no, God's not lost. <laughs> God knows exactly where he is, right? Um, it's it's us who's lost. All we have to do is turn around. He's right behind us. He's He's waiting to drag us back to, um, you know, to have that relationship with him. So, yeah, so the, we just have to turn, just turn around. God's right there. He's ready to, to accept you back.
0: And, wow, you are such an inspiration, Thomas. Oh,
1: thank you. you
0: are. Thomas, what are your goals and aspirations?
1: Um, Well, uh, so I love um, really the three aspects of God. Uh, To keep doing like the amazing architecture that God has, um, to keep pursuing that, his jaw dropping beauty to keep seeing more of that. Um, And His unfathomable love to try to keep imitating the love that he has for us with other people so really it's really to know god better to love god more and to serve him well whatever the next adventure is for me
0: Mm -hmm. it's all about love yeah
1: right and and the good kind of love because sometimes we we mix up the definition of love (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so i mean when you think about people think love they always think like the romantic love kind of love and but it's really love is when we will the good for another for their own sake not for our own but for theirs and then we do something about it you can't just say well i wish you well and i hope for everything that is the best for you it's like well no it, love requires a sacrifice i have to give up something of myself in order to help you in whatever you might need that's best for you um, so that's that's true love and that's how we can even love our enemies because even if we Necessarily like our, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're not doing very nice things to us. We can still say, you know what? In spite of all that, I can smother that with my love for you, and I can still wish well for you. I can still help you. I can still sacrifice for you, even though you're my enemy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's the kind of the Christian life that we're all meant to. And if we can do that, if we can smother that kind of um, intolerance and hatred. And we can just smother that with love. that's how we can turn people. that's how we can um really change how humanity uh, comes to know one another.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, it's a jesus message right Thomas, are you working on anything at the present you would like to share with
1: us? <laughs> sure um, so mostly I'm trying to uh to promote. Uh, the trilogy to promote God's message. Um, I, I hope that His message comes out strong, and that people will will receive what's what's written, because there is a lot of scripture in the novel. But to really receive God's message, that God is here. God is. He's not just some entity that lived long, long ago that's stuck in the Bible. It's no, He's He's here. He's waiting for us, and so. I've been working on trying to promote that message, but I also have an idea for another trilogy that, that takes place right after the first trilogy ends. I don't want to give the first trilogy away, but mm-hmm. so there is, there is some ideas that I could keep it going the story and continue it, but I'll wait to see if, if that's the adventure that God wants me to go on or not. So I have to receive permission first, you. <laughs> you know, from, from the big boss.
0: Yeah, I, I am sure our listeners will want to know more about your books and also how they can contact with you, connect with you, find you online. So do you mind sharing your contact? Oh, of
1: course. Um, so my website is uh, woundedcrowpublishing.com. You, you can also put in uh, penurycity.com and that will hyperlink to woundedcrowpublishing.com. If you get to that site then there's contact forms there there's uh there's email links you can get to my facebook page i typically like uh social media where it's two-way conversation mm-hmm. i don't like just pushing out bytes onto the internet i i'd rather have a two-way than just you know like a the little t- t- the tweets that just kind of go out there and you, you don't really know what happens, <laughs> yep. and you don't get any feedback either. So you don't know if what you're saying is good, bad, or. Mm-hmm.
0: Are your books on Amazon?
1: They are. They're on um, Amazon, Barnes Noble. Um, if you get them from my site, there's also a companion book that goes with it. It's titled The Pesher, mm-hmm. and the Pesher in Hebrew means interpretation. So it kind of the pressure takes you through chapter by chapter. Um, some of the more deeper theology concepts that are embedded in the trilogy. Also some of my, why I wrote the book, some of the more explanations behind some of the things. Um, So it's a great, it's a great kind of companion to read along with, with the trilogy because it explains more deeply. Um, That's one of the things that I found fascinating when, after I wrote the trilogy, well, during the trilogy, when I was writing it, you know, I, I did a you know a lot of prayer. I read read through a lot of scripture during the writing, and listened to a lot of things, um, religious theology and things. But then when I went back and reread the trilogy, and I was starting to read some of these um, kind of layered theological concepts, I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't even know that at the time I wrote this. It would be like something I I learned about later on during my like. So how did you know, that get in there. <laughs> um, so God was definitely, you know, right beside me, um, making I sure did. that his words were going in there. Um, so, yeah, I always say when people say, well, you know, I, I always say, well, God kind of wrote the trilogy. I was just there to, to to press on the keys.
0: So Thomas, um, I wish I could be talking to you for the whole day listening. <laughs>
1: Same same with me. I'd like to hear more about, you know, if you ever walked the Camino de Santiago. Or
0: (laughs) Yeah, you should visit. I went there to Camino de Santiago last year and it's worth a visit.
1: If I ever get there, then I'll I'll come and come and visit.
0: Yes, please. Let me know and I'll be happy to give all the tips possible.
1: Thank you very much for having me. It's been a great pleasure um, to talk with you today. So, I, I definitely too. appreciate being on the RV.
0: <laughs> yes. And I hope I can come back to New York, maybe to Rochester, maybe when you publish your trilogy.
1: Sounds good. We'll, we'll take it to Niagara Falls. Or
0: That sounds like a good plan. Thank you very, very much, Thomas. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe